I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. Hey, y'all, we got a special episode of Category Is for you this week. Right now, I am joined by author Brandon Lee, who just self-published his first book titled Virgin Porn Star Volume 1. The book is quite the read, and it follows Brandon as he is on his quest to lose his virginity. He has his heart toyed with. Um, he endures joining Grinder and dating apps for the first time and exploring his sexuality as a black gay millennial entering into his 20s. So welcome to the show, Brandon. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? I'm great. It's it's a gloomy day here. You're, and you're in Philadelphia too, right? Yeah, I am. I'm in the suburbs, yeah. but yeah. Oh, okay. How's the weather out there? Gloomy. <laughs> the same. Same here down in the city. So you are the author of the book Virgin Porn Star <laughs> Volume 1. Yes. So that book has quite the uh, provocative title. Tell me a little bit more about your inspiration for writing the book and how's the reception been so far? Well, I started my blog, Virgin Porn Star, in 2010. It's about all of my dating and sexual encounters I've had since I was a 19-year-old virgin, and I'm 31 now, so I've been blogging. Still a virgin? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but I do talk about losing my virginity in this book. So this book is the first year of my blog. It's a little over the first year, so it covers between... November 2010 to December 2011. So it's all about everything I experienced during that time period of my life, which is losing my virginity, being in love with a DL football player that I'd been hooking up with since high school. I'm traveling in an internship I have in college that I'm miserable doing because I have to work and live with the same people 24-7 for four Mm -hmm. months, which was not a good process (laughs) for me, especially since... I'm an only child. Like, I love my alone time. I love privacy. I love being able to separate my life from work. So having to live and work with the same people 24-7 is definitely not for me. And it's just a lot happens in the book. It's a lot of my viewpoints, thoughts, everything I experienced, joining Grindr and online dating for the first time. It covers a lot in a year. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. And so what... You were how old when, when you started this? 19? I was 19. So I was a sophomore yeah, wow. in... Actually, was I so- Yeah, I was a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. So I decided to make a blog just writing about all my dating and sex life because I've always... I love writing and I always loved reading blogs about people's dating and sex lives. I always felt like that was always the most fascinating subject to me. I feel like no matter what your age is, your race is, your sexual orientation, your background, your socioeconomic status, no matter what, we all have a dating life. We all have sex. We all are looking for love or looking for interaction. I always find that that's a great way to bond with other people, just sharing your experiences with dating and honestly how terrible men are so I feel like it's a great way to (laughs) relate to other people and to connect so I always felt like that was always a fascinating part to learn about other people so that's what I wanted to talk about with my blog just usually in those blogs writers were anonymous and I have my face and identity all over mine which has had some (laughs) negative backlash but I feel like it's all been worth it because I'm just sharing my truth so if people can't Mm -hmm. handle my truth then I don't need to have them in my life. Like I'm just sharing how I honestly feel about you. So if that is not something you can handle, then I just feel like that is not my problem. Yeah, definitely. It's more like their problem, not yours. Exactly. If anything, I feel like it's a benefit that you truly know how someone honestly feels about you instead of when people are so like Mm -hmm. fake to each other and not sharing their truth or their real feelings over like how a date went, how a hookup went how you're dealing with your friends or family. Like I put it all out there to show 100% my honest feelings. So mm-hmm. if anything, I feel like it's a benefit to you to know how I truly honestly feel. So you would describe yourself as a sex positive person? A what person? A sex positive person. Definitely. I feel like I've always yeah. been very open about sexuality and I feel like it isn't something to be ashamed of. I feel like we all... Mm-hmm have a sex life so I don't feel like there's any need to hide it or be ashamed of it or whatnot like I'm open about my entire life so I don't have a problem sharing it 
And then, so how would you say, or how would you, um, how do you feel kind of about uh, stigmas around sex? Because like you said, everyone has it, everyone talks about it, everyone thinks about it. But a lot of times we get very judgmental about other people's sex lives. Um, So like, how was your process kind of internalizing that and, you know, kind of dealing with that as you kind of grew up and matured? Well, I feel like, thankfully, I usually like to live my life where I don't care what anyone else thinks. So if people have a problem mm-hmm. with how I feel about something, I don't care. But I'm not going to be disingenuous and say, like, I'm not judgmental as well. Because I definitely have judged people for their sexual choices or what their boundaries or lack of boundaries are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we all have our own limits. We all have our own parameters of how far we're willing to go or what we're open to but I also try to be open-minded since I do have a YouTube channel Sex Tease, where you talk about dating and sex questions and a lot of them mm-hmm. are user submitted or like viewer submitted so I always loved helping people with their problems especially when regarding dating and sex so I felt like I've heard so many different topics so many different questions and it always should have come from a place of understanding and being open-minded because I don't feel like it's not productive to anyone if you're just going to be judgmental and like rude to them if they ask you like for help regarding whatever their topic is it may not be something I'm into but I try my best to help people with any and every subject no matter what my personal feelings are I do share my personal feelings about it in the videos but I also try to make sure I give objective and helpful advice to whatever the question is Okay, that sounds good. So growing up, did you have sex ed in school or was it more talking with your parents or friend groups or how did you learn about sex? We started sex ed pretty early in my school district. I felt pretty grateful for that because I guess as I get older, I realized lots of people didn't have sexual education yeah. in their schools. And I feel like that is mm-hmm. also why STIs or even like mm-hmm. HIV is still running so rampant amongst the younger generation because I feel like they started teaching us about HIV and AIDS like at a very young age which pretty much did kind of put a lot of fear into me and Mm -hmm. I always just felt like I'm terrified of (laughs) becoming another statistic of like a black Mm -hmm. gay man that has HIV so I felt like that was always like a big issue for me with sex and it honestly is probably why even though I do discuss losing my virginity which happened when I was 20, I feel like I didn't actually get comfortable with having sex until I was 28. And that was after I got on prep. So Mm -hmm. like, even throughout my 20s, there were like long periods of time where like, I didn't have anal sex. Like I did oral a lot, but I was too scared of going further because I always had this Mm -hmm. fear of HIV, which I feel like did begin with sexual education in elementary school. So I felt like... I spent such a huge part of my life being scared of having sex, but mm-hmm. I've always been sex positive and sex mm-hmm. open-minded, but I wasn't actually out here having wild or free, full-on penetrative sex until my very end of my 20s. <laughs> yeah, that's how um, I grew up in the South. So I'm from South Carolina and, you know, it's a very conservative environment. And I remember um, I was in like ninth grade and, that was the, um, they wanted to start teaching sex ed in school. And it was like this huge controversy and like this huge, just big deal in town. And, you know, parents were like pulling their kids out of school. You had to get all these permission slips signed. Wait, you never had sex ed until high school? Yeah, until high school. That is crazy. (laughs) They feel like they started with us in fifth grade. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But yeah, and they only taught us the diseases. They didn't teach us any anatomy like anything you know remotely you know open up the book and have the diagrams of of body parts they didn't have any of that they only taught us diseases and so i think that definitely you know i can relate to when you said you're kind of scared to have sex because it was like oh if i have sex i'm gonna get it you know an sti i'm gonna get a disease and i'm gonna die (laughs) and that's literally what they taught us in school well, my parent, well, my mom definitely was very open with me about anything I had to talk about. Like, mm-hmm. I grew up watching TV, so like, we I watched a lot of like adult shows like with my 
mom so I felt like like I grew up watching Will and Grace with her so I'd always ask mm-hmm. about like what's that or what does that mean and, like she would tell me and I'm very grateful for that like mm-hmm. I don't believe in being sheltered and my parents didn't really shelter me like I was able to know like what's out there and observe and absorb all this information at a very young age and I felt like mm-hmm. sex was never really taboo I mean I never really talked about sex with my parents but if I had a question about something like they would answer and I always had like internet or books or Mm -hmm. whatnot. So I felt like if I had a question, I would just go find out on my own. But also I am grateful school did teach us about sexual education at a very early age. I feel like I've always been aware or even just knowing the diseases, like I'm sure we learned anatomy and other stuff, but I felt like the stuff that you remember that sticks out or like the stuff that traumatized you. Yeah. So I feel like totally. that's like definitely, I remember watching a video about a young man dying of AIDS when I was in like fifth grade. I was like, Oh wow, that was so terrifying. But mm-hmm. I still feel like we did learn more than just diseases and death, but it was just like the stuff like that is easy to remember. It's like the mm-hmm. scarring information about death yeah. and disease. Yeah. And how would you say your perceptions or your attitudes towards sex have changed over the years? Is it, um, you know, you enjoy it more now or you're. I definitely enjoy it more now. It is Mm -hmm. like it was a cathartic process writing the book because I had to go through all my old blog posts and like Mm -hmm. edit them and relive those situations. So it's just crazy. Even just reading about things like from 10 years ago that I still feel like are prominent. Cause I was shocked that I was talking about like open relationships and polyamory back then. Cause Mm -hmm. I feel like that's been very heavy in like the headlines lately, especially with the gay community. So it's just crazy Mm -hmm. to think like, Oh wow. This still was like being talked about like 10 years ago. So it wasn't, it's nothing new. And I feel like lots of things you realize when you go back, like this isn't something new that's happening, but mm-hmm. you just didn't realize like, Oh wow. Like this is still going on. Or, but then again, none of thing really is new anymore. Like we're all just <laughs> experiencing things that we didn't experience at a previous time of our lives. But my right. attitudes towards sex have definitely evolved. And I feel like every year I like to go through my year and think of everything I've learned and how I've, change i do my realizations of the year every single year and i also make a blog post every year what i learned from all my hookups because i feel like every sexual encounter is a possible learning experience or we learn something Mm -hmm. new that we enjoy or we don't like anymore we won't tolerate anymore or maybe something we never thought we would be into and then we find out we are yeah (laughs) you gotta try it at least twice most well some things i feel like you can know you definitely are like that's not for me but i feel like there's other things where you know what maybe i will be open-minded to that yeah awesome so let's talk about some of these book chapters (laughs) and just like the the title of the book your your book chapters are kind of provocative as well uh so one chapter uh in particular is titled I can suck your dick, but you won't be my Facebook friend. Yeah, I love a provocative th- title. <laughs> yeah, I think that's um kind of a situation that a lot of people can relate to. Like, you know, hey, I've had this intimate moment with you, but, you know, you won't accept my friend friend request. So talk to me a little bit more about that uh, that chapter and, like, what what about that specifically bothered you the most? First, I want to talk about the titles, just like <laughs> Virgin Porn Star. The title comes from, I believe, virgins and porn stars are the two exchanges of sexuality. So I've always mm-hmm. felt caught in the middle. And I feel like that is why I titled my blog Virgin Porn Star. I feel like it's provocative. It's attention grabbing. And also it is accurately describing how I feel. And that is a big theme in the entire book, just constantly feeling like, okay I'm a virgin but I want to wait for someone special but it's also like I'm just starting my 20s I'm in college I'm like away from my small hometown I'm in a city for the first time like I want to explore and live my best fullest life and I want to like hook up with as many guys as possible so I felt like that's still like a problem I feel like many gay men especially have it's like do I want to be a slut or do I want to find love and live happily ever after and I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm still 
living that dichotomy of not knowing like what direction do I want to go in but I feel like on one hand you just got to try it all at different periods of your life to mm-hmm. really determine what is for you but going back to your question with <laughs> I can suck your dick but you won't be my <laughs> Facebook friends I felt like in my early years I was very adamant like I don't want to hook up with a guy unless we're friends on Facebook first I had like all these little rules that I feel like mm-hmm. as you get older you just realize your rules are just gonna get broken they're gonna get thrown out the window like life does not go according to plan you have no control over anyone but yourself so it's just kind of like you just gotta roll with the time so there was this guy I'd been hooking up with and I just felt like annoyed he would deny my friend request or just not answer it oh no and then I just was like why we're hanging out I see you like why are you avoiding this subject and I feel like I don't think he was openly gay at the time, so that probably mm-hmm. could be why he didn't ex- or want to accept my friend request. But I also just feel like, you know me, so why? That always really bothered me. Like, people didn't accept my friend request or, like, remove me as a friend, I would be done with you in real life. Because I just kind of feel like... Oh, wow. I just feel like that's kind of fake and disingenuous. It's just kind of like, why would you not want to be friends with me on Facebook? Like, you're <laughs> friends with everyone else. Or, like... So why would, am I the person you don't want to be connected to online? And I feel like that is like a major deal breaker for me. Like if you unfollow me on social media, like I want nothing to do with you in real life. Like you clearly don't like me for some reason, or you find me annoying or you don't like my content. But I also kind of feel like if you don't support, like a lot of what I do is social media related. So then Mm -hmm. if you're not following me and you're supposed to be my friend, that means you don't support me because you're not checking for what I'm doing. You're not supporting my post. You're not supporting what I'm doing with my businesses I'm starting or my books I'm writing or promoting. It's like you don't, you can't say you support someone, but you don't follow them. That's true. I can see that. Exactly. Cause like you're not paying attention to my life. So mm-hmm. that is to like, what's going on. why would I consider you to be a friend or why would I want anything to do with you further when you clearly don't even support me? It's like, even if I just like your posts or I like all your posts, like I try to support, if I see your posts or see you promoting something, I like, I pretty much like everything that I see on (laughs) social media, unlike my Instagram Mm -hmm. feed. So I kind of feel like I'm not like a hateful person. Like I support everyone. Like, even if I don't even know you that well, even if I don't even read your full posts, like I'm going to at least support it with a like. And it's like, likes do matter, especially since everything is measured in like, social media nowadays algorithms exactly so it's like you need to like and comment to support so i feel like i try to support everyone but if you don't support me then i know i no longer am ever going to support you with anything i'm a petty so it's more like (laughs) (laughs) i can see that i can see that (laughs) so it's more like hey we actually know each other so it's not like a a random like oh we just hooked up one time or we like kind of made out at the bar when we were drunk it's like someone you actually knew exactly it wasn't like a one-night okay. stand i'd seen him multiple times we'd hooked up or yeah. hung out multiple times so i kind of just feel like why wouldn't you want to be my facebook friend? or like why are you purposely ignoring my friend request or not denying my friend request so there's clearly a reason for someone to not want to be connected to you on social media and that's what bothered me because it's like yeah. clearly something is up yeah, like one um, time, it's a similar situation, not quite on the, the same, but like back when I was on the apps, I've been off for a number of years um, now, but this one guy I was chatting with, like we were just chatting and then um, we were supposed to go on like a date or something. And like before we went on the date, he was like, what's your Instagram? And I was like, well, why, <laughs> why do you need that? and like he was like oh well you know i just we're gonna go on this date so i want to you know kind of check out your instagram and i was like uh no that's okay well why didn't you want to give it (laughs) well because one i didn't know him like that and i didn't really want him private it wasn't private um so i guess he could have found it if he kind of did his his googles but um yeah i just felt like that was kind of more of a that was like kind of a boundary. Like, I don't know you like that yet to, you know, invite you into my personal social media space. 
Well, now I just attach all my social media to my profile. But I just want you to know what you're getting into before you choose to get involved with me. I even put on my blog on my social media because, like, I do blog about every date hookup I have. So I feel like mm-hmm. knowing that it's on the profile, you can't say, like, you didn't know. You didn't that means know. you chose yeah. not to do your research, even though it's clearly yeah. right there on the profile that you could have done your research beforehand. So I feel like that at least absolves me of any responsibility <laughs> if they are upset about that, what happened that yeah that's a good point because um i was i did want to ask you about that like how do you navigate that situation is it well like you said you do put it kind of out there like do you change the names for like anonymity or just keep it i noticed like in some of your posts you just keep it very kind of descriptive you don't really well, I feel like a guy doesn't deserve a name unless I see him more than once. So okay. I feel like usually if like I, it's like our second time getting together, then maybe you did get a nickname now. Well, some mm. guys might get a nickname the first night, but the first, yeah, it just depends on the situation. Like sometimes I don't ever give them a nickname, but I always try to give a nickname. So it's easy to follow along with or refer back to in the future. Mm-hmm. So I like giving guys nicknames. It is hard i guess now after so many men but oh <laughs> i have been doing this for over a decade so there have been yeah. many 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 men nice. to cross paths but i love making nicknames i think it's fun it's the best way i mean don't want to get sued i'm not going to use anyone's real name mm-hmm. so i have to create nicknames yeah little pseudonym situation another chapter i wanted to talk to you about was the one in which you say you were close to becoming a prostitute. Uh, Yes, that one. I feel like I always loved prostitute characters growing up, like people Mm -hmm. that use their sexuality for, to get ahead and get through life. And I always felt like it seems so glamorous, even in real life. Like we know like prostitution is not glamorous at all. They always have like the high class versions on TV, but in real mm-hmm. life it's like that is not realistic. Like it's people not, are yeah. not <laughs> having sex with like millionaires and getting like thousands of dollars per hookup. But I just felt like it was just one time I almost had the opportunity where like I was just on an app and I was like bored at my like motel because I was on my internship. I was there by myself and like I hated that motel <laughs> so much. I just had nothing to do there. And then someone hit me up on the apps and then was like asking me how much I charge. It's kind of like, oh, well, like no one's ever like propositioned me before. But I also was brand new mm-hmm. to like online dating and stuff. And I also feel like it was also like a guy like I definitely was not like into. So I just kind of like, mm-hmm. um, I would not hook up with you unless you were paying me. And then he was like, how much? And I was just kind of like, um, I did not expect you to say. <laughs> So then I just felt like I could have possibly gone through with it. But I think I got scared off when he said he was only into, like, barebacking. Because I've always been terrified of HIV. So, like, Mm -hmm. and I was, like, yeah, I was only, like, 20. So I was not on PrEP. I didn't get on PrEP until I was 28. And that is how I got over my fear of HIV and anal sex. Because they did get on PrEP in my late 20s. So that definitely caused a big evolution and change and how I navigate sexuality and whatnot Mm -hmm. but yeah back then I was not on prep yet I was just terrified of anal sex still so I was just definitely not going through with it and I remember like back in those days where there was such like a shame and stigma with like barebacking Mm -hmm. and like even with porn like I'd be like ew I don't want to watch porn if they're not wearing a condom (laughs) it's just very laughable now because it's like (laughs) like rarely use condoms now since I've been on prep Yeah, and in terms of, um, like, that's, you know, all goes back to, like, those shifting kind of per- perceptions around, you know, just various aspects of of sex and of life and of, of, of the times. Um, and so talking about, like, prostitution and sex work, I definitely feel like the stigma around sex work, like, it's always there. It's always going to be there, but I think it's a bit different now um it's very different with... now considering <laughs> everyone has a free twitter and an only band yeah. i feel like that is now like a huge portion of the gay community or it feels like literally mm-hmm. everyone at least has a free twitter and is posting their news and porn online so it's like 
everyone's a porn star now everyone mm-hmm. has an only fan i have an only fan like yeah i kind of feel like sex work definitely isn't as taboo as it used to be mm-hmm. especially since now it feels like everyone <laughs> can be easily can, just yeah you can just become a porn star from home just record your encounters mm-hmm. post it online make it only fans make like, money. You're a porn star. <laughs> like yeah there is no more but i kind of like that because i felt like back in the day like porn was definitely so it was like gate cats but it's definitely extremely mm-hmm. like racist and they purposely mm-hmm. weren't open to different body type it was like very no fats no fems no black unless you're like a mm-hmm. mandingo top with like a 12 inch penis so like now i feel like there's definitely open for diversity like it mm-hmm. is a benefit that anyone can become a porn star but it's also a benefit now like anyone could become an author <laughs> like you could just self-publish yes. your book which is what i did like i like mm-hmm. that things now are definitely more accessible and you don't have more to go accessible. through all of these barriers since honestly these barriers were made to prevent black people or gay people women like prevent anyone different from ever being able to really succeed mm-hmm. on the mainstream so now it's like those barriers are over and more people are able to make a living doing whatever they want and i love that mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome it's very liberating too because a lot of people um they make a lot of money on only fans and you know they wouldn't have had that access you know to or the freedom you know to kind of do it exactly i do feel like yeah. it is a little oversaturated though because it's like anyone can make one but not anyone can be successful with it right it is really a full-time job you do have to constantly promote 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 make new content engage your fans like it really is difficult but i also feel like that's the same case for literally any medium because Mm -hmm. anyone can make a podcast there's so many out there but i mean i'm sure not all of them or most of them are even getting that many viewers so it's just kind of like you have to make yourself stand out in the sea of everyone else. So it is, everything is more accessible now, but also it is very hard to actually get yourself to the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. So in your book, you you do talk about your realizations for the year. You kind of mentioned it earlier. So let's talk a a bit about some of the things on your list. One of them that stuck out to me was... You say, I must stick to my standards. So what are some of your standards that, um, you know, you don't budge on? What's like a deal breaker that if they do that, then that's it? Well, you are referring to a post that was like 10 years old. Do you yeah. want my standards <laughs> now or my standards back then? Right now. Let's go for right now. Right now, well, I do feel like things have definitely changed over time, but I do feel like my type is pretty much always been the same. I like a man that is more masculine than me, though I'm very feminine, so it's not really that difficult to be more masculine than me. I like, I mean, I want a top. I want a guy that is, I like guys that are bigger than me. So someone that's like taller and weighs more than me, I'm like 5'8", 215, so I just want a man that's bigger like, I want that big, manly, masculine top. So I guess I have been influenced by heteronormativity, but <laughs> I have definitely been more way open to feminine tops lately. You just can't be more feminine than me, but it's still, like, I'm fine with my man enjoying, like, his feminine side. Like, he can wear whatever he wants to wear. He can do what he wants to do. I don't believe in, like, limiting my partner and I feel like that's definitely something like in the past I was definitely not into Mm -hmm. any man that had like any feminine characteristics but I feel like with age you just grow out of that whole like I need this masculine straighted man and I feel like sadly a lot of people still are in that mindset but I'm glad like I no longer am so I'm definitely more open-minded now but it's like I still know what I want my ideal man to look like, but I'm open mm-hmm. to some other characteristics. Okay. Okay. Gotta leave room for the magic, as they say. Exactly. No one is ever going to be your perfect fantasy man. So you just have to be mm-hmm. open-minded to what aspects you're willing to budge on. And I feel like 
in terms of like the height weight I feel like that is not something I'm willing to budge on like I've maybe only had <laughs> one skinny man I was like into as like a friend would benefit mm-hmm. but in terms of like every man I've ever had feelings for a deep connection for a relationship with they fit into the category of what my type is and I like men that are close to my age that has always been something that's been a part of my standards like I'm 31 now I think on my age restrictions on dating apps I like no more than like five years difference I'm willing to go five years older five years younger Mm -hmm. though I feel like I usually do tend to date younger than myself but all of my most significant relationships have at least been with someone close to my age so I feel like that is still something that is important to me and not willing to budge on I'm not haven't been willing to budge on I guess being pause friendly I do want a man that's HIV negative because I feel like that is something that I had so much stigma with my own life and like being scared of sex for so long that it's like that was something that was so like integral and important to me like making sure I don't become HIV positive because I feel like that is something that I also look for in a partner that managed to navigate through life without becoming HIV positive. And then in terms of things I'm willing to budge on, I feel like ideally, like I graduated from college. So it's like, I feel like ideally it's like, I would love a man that also went to college. But I also feel like I haven't dated a man that is a college grad yet. At least not been in a relationship with a guy that has graduated college. And I lived in Atlanta, so I have some Southern experience, too. And it was extremely (laughs) very rare to ever meet anyone that graduated from college while living in Atlanta. Really? Yes. And people, like, choose not to believe me because they think think of all the HBCUs there. But it's like, Mm -hmm. just because there's colleges there doesn't mean everyone graduates. It also doesn't mean, like... I was dating college students because, like, I was in my mid-late 20s when I moved to Atlanta. So it's like I was too old to be dating college students. So I did have maybe a situation with a guy that was in college. Okay. But mm-hmm. I want someone close to my age. Like, I was 27 when I'm 26 when I moved to Atlanta. So, like, yeah, I feel like I wasn't trying to date guys that are still students or an undergrad. And I feel mm-hmm. like grad students Cause they're broke. never have time to so I wasn't going to date like a grad student <laughs> and then I feel like people may graduate from college in Atlanta but it doesn't mean they stay there so I just felt like I rarely encountered guys that I was into that were mm-hmm. college educated and actually graduated okay yeah but I feel like that okay. is something ideally I would love a partner that also has experienced college but I feel like that's also something you just have to realize, like, you know what, not everyone is fortunate enough to have been able to afford college, because it is very Mm -hmm. expensive, it is a burden, if you didn't have parents that could pay for it, you pretty much were out of luck, unless you were, like, working your ass off 24-7, but then even then, it's like, you don't have time to date if you have to do that anyway, so, (laughs) yeah, every situation is different, I feel like that is something Mm -hmm. that's more not a requirement anymore it's like a bonus but it's not a requirement hmm. okay sounds good yeah so i try you not to be, you... like hung up on like wealth or career it's like as long as mm-hmm. you are able to afford everything and i'm not <laughs> i definitely feel like i have been a gold digger my entire life but i also feel like as I get older, I definitely not because I dated so many broke guys in Atlanta. Oh yeah, but that's not good. Yeah, but I mean, I struggled as well. Like I feel like everyone was struggling mm-hmm. in Atlanta. It's just like everyone's just hustling and trying to get through. So it just was like part of the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I could see that. So you mentioned your YouTube channel, and I did check out a few. Um, of your videos and you have a segment on there called Brandon's boy problems. Yeah. So what are some I have of sex with ease. <laughs> My YouTube channel is sex for S E triple X P E R T E A S E. So my sex for videos are the videos I talked about earlier where people submit questions about 
any subject about dating, sex, and relationships, and I answer the question. And then I created Brandon's Boy Problems on my YouTube channel, which is basically just talking about my own dating and relationship and sexual experiences and what's going on in my life at the moment. Mm -hmm. So what is um <laughs> what is a boy problem that you had that like what so what is one of the I would say silliest reasons you stopped dating or talking to or dealing with a guy? Silliest reason I there was one guy in Atlanta. It was kind of like a situation ship. It was kind of just mm -hmm. like a fling, but I kind of just got to a point where I just felt like he is really stupid and I just <laughs> cannot tolerate this anymore. It's like he's cute and he, mm -hmm. we had like great sex when I just felt like it just comes a point where it's like, I just can't tolerate it. Like, you are way too dumb for me. And then wow. I like dumb guys. Like, I feel like I like to be the smarter one in the relationship. And then I felt like... That's why you haven't dated a college graduate. I guess so. There we go. <laughs> but I feel like I'm not, like, purposely avoiding college graduates. Like, I've been on dating apps. Like, I have a wide dating net. But I just go, I guess, for initially who I'm attracted to. And then I get to know you. Then I try to be more open-minded to, like your situation but like i knew he was going through like a rough time in his life like when we first got together and i wasn't really expecting it to turn into like a situation shit but then mm -hmm. one time he like came over after work and like he went and showered at my place and whatnot but then like he came back to bed and then i went to go use the bathroom and i saw like he clogged my toilet <laughs> and he wasted an entire roll of paper towel like toilet paper like he dropped it in the toilet oh, no. and he clogged my toilet with paper towels and i was just kind of like so enraged and pissed yeah. off because i was just kind of like like i was definitely like struggling myself but it's also just kind of like you don't go in someone's house and then like fuck it up yeah. and then it's like i had to pay for everything myself so then it's just kind of like you're broke and like useless so i'm just kind of like <laughs> you're not helping me like take care of my place and then it's like you should have common sense to know don't fucking clog a toilet with paper towels like you yeah. don't put paper towels in a toilet and then it's like dropping my toilet paper in the toilet and it was like a full like fresh roll and i was just kind of <laughs> like so pissed off about it but i feel like it really bothered me because uh -huh. he was in the bathroom for like so long but he didn't just tell me, like, when he got out or, like, what happened when he was in there. I had to go find out myself when I went in there. So then I was so pissed off about that. So I was like, you could have at least just, like, said, oh, no, I'm sorry I did this. And I probably maybe would have had a different reaction. Just, like, the right. fact that you did all of that and then you didn't even tell me about it. And then that just really pissed me off. And then, like, the really, I think, big deal breaker was he got his, like, car repossessed outside oh, my no. place. And oh, no. I kid you not, he was the second guy I was, like, seeing in Atlanta. That guy was car repossessed outside my apartment. And wow. he, it just really showed me how stupid he was because he was, like, hiding his car in, like, his, like, family garage because mm -hmm. he wasn't, he didn't have enough money to pay for, like, the insurance. And he didn't want to drive without insurance because, I guess, in Georgia, that's, like, really bad. Like, if you get mm -hmm. pulled over with that, like, you're screwed. Yeah. And he had, like, a Mercedes. I was kind of like, you are, like, 24. Why do you have a Mercedes? Like, you do not need to have a flashy car. But he acted like he was too good for, like, a Honda or something. But then I'm like, you can't afford a Mercedes. <laughs> like, and then his car got repossessed because he wasn't paying the car note. And I'm just like, you were so worried about paying the insurance. And you paid the insurance only to not be paying for the actual car just so we could get wow. repossessed as soon as you paid for it. And I was just like, you are way too stupid for me. I cannot <laughs> deal with you any further. <laughs> that sounds like a mess. It was. But Atlanta dating is a mess. But I also love Atlanta because I never had a boyfriend until I moved to Atlanta. And I feel like I never had consistency as much with men until I moved to Atlanta like I'm from like the Philadelphia suburbs I went to college mm -hmm. in Boston and lived there for five years 
But Atlanta, honestly, has probably been the best place for my dating life, even though it definitely is, like, the worst in terms of guys that are educated or successful or motivated. But in terms of actual, like, consistency and affection and honestly, just being a black gay man, I feel like Atlanta mm-hmm. is still the best place to be. Black gay mecca. Exactly. So let's play a game. Sure. So I'm going to ask you five rapid fire questions. This um, segment is called the category is quickie. So there's no wrong answers. So just say like the first thing that comes to is mind. Is it just like a one word answer or I say like whatever the uh, question some, Yeah, some of them are, are one words and some of them are not. Okay, let's go. <laughs> All right. First question. Preferred dating app, Grinder or Tinder? Definitely Grinder. I'm banned from Tinder. Oh, why? I didn't even know why I was. I switch out like my third level of dating apps. Like Grinder and Jack have always been the best for me, so mm-hmm. I always keep them. But like I usually or used to be on at least like three to four dating apps per month. So like Tinder was always like a secondary one where like I'd get on mm-hmm. it for the month and then switch it out. But then like. I always never liked Tinder because I honestly never had any luck on there. And I usually have lots of success on like every dating app. For some reason, Tinder just never did anything for me. Like I maybe met like five people in like seven years I was on it. And then they randomly just banned me. Like it was either last year or the year before. I think it was the year before because I was in a relationship last year. But I just went to go get back on it. And it was just like, your account is banned. And there's literally no way to appeal it. There's no way to, like, customer service. Like, um, who do I talk to about this? They're just like, nope, you're banned. And then there's no way to even make a new account. Because it's like, if you try to connect your Facebook from your banned account from it, Mm -hmm. you will not get, they will ban you. Because it's like, you're banned because it's connected to your phone number. It's connected to your Facebook account. So, like, you can't use the same number or Facebook account to make a new Tinder. So... I'm just banned for life. I don't even know why. I have no idea. I wonder if it's because I saw like my link virgin porn star on there, but like that link has been on there since I first had a Tinder from like mm-hmm. seven years. I'm like, would you really ban me that like seven years later? Like for something that has been there the entire time. So like, I literally have no idea why I was randomly banned, but I have other friends that have told me they also have been randomly banned and have no idea why. So I just have no idea what happened. Wow. Tinder swindler. Yeah, so I hate Tinder. Definitely grinder all the way. <laughs> all right. What's your favorite time of year? Hot girl summer or cuffing season? Ooh, I always call it slutty summer. <laughs> that is my summer. But I feel... Mm, I love cuffing season because all of my favorite holidays happen in cuffing season, including <laughs> my birthday. But I feel like I've only had a man during cuffing season, like, mm-hmm. twice ever. But I feel like I would have to choose cuffing season just because I feel like cuffing season is way bigger than summer. Like, there's, like, six months, like... Summer's like three months, so I feel like right. I definitely choose couples. Okay, awesome. Is it okay to kiss on the first date? Absolutely. It's okay to do way more than just kiss. Oh, okay. I feel like if you don't kiss me on the first date, I'm not seeing you again. Because I think that's a weird, like, really? why did we not kiss? We are not, like, children. Like, why are we not <laughs> kissing or even hooking up on the first date? Like, to me, that's the ideal way to end a first date is to hook up. We don't have to go all the way, but I like to end my dates by hooking up or at least making out. But I feel like if mm-hmm. we don't have any physical like touch, I feel like that's not indicating that this was a good experience or that we're going to see each other again. Because I feel like you need to at least show that like physical touch is definitely one of my top mm-hmm. That's your love, love, love language. language. It's not my num- mm-hmm. quality time is my number one, but physical mm-hmm. touch is number two. So I feel like I need to feel the touch, the connection, the chemistry. And I can't get that if we're just hugging on the first date. Like, I feel like that's weird to me if someone doesn't try to kiss me, or at least I don't try to kiss them. Because if I don't try to kiss you on the first date, that means I'm not interested. That means you're not into it, yeah. Again, okay. I am a Scorpio. Sex is very important. <laughs> what is your zodiac sign? 
I'm a Cancer. Oh, my parents are Scorpio Cancer. Oh. I like, well, my ex friend that I <laughs> cut off last year was also a Cancer. So, Cancers and I have interesting relationships. I feel like I do get along better with fire signs and water signs, even though they say like okay. you're supposed to get along better with like your other element signs. But I'm like mm-hmm. a Sagittarius moon, so it's probably why I get along really well with fire. Okay, cool. And also, Scorpios are. A little different than the other one. That is definitely true. <laughs> so next question. Can you turn a hoe into a housewife? Absolutely. I've had so many people try to like act like I'm incapable of a relationship because I'm so open <laughs> about being a hoe and like so open about my sexuality and talk about sex. And I've had people try to like slut shame me and say, you're not dating material or blah, blah, blah. And I've had that happen like, forever. But I also just feel like that is so stupid to me because I feel like just because it did like it is hard when you go through life and you never had a relationship until you're like almost 27 because it's like people start mm-hmm. acting like something's wrong with you or like right. mm-hmm. why does nobody want to date you or like blah 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 and it's like it was a lot to handle and it did make me sad sometimes it just feels like everything happens for a reason like not everyone mm-hmm. is meant to date at a young age and also there's people older than me that have still never been in a real relationship so i feel like right. you just have to realize like it's not it doesn't mean something's wrong with you. You just haven't met the right person for you yet. And I feel like you can turn a hoe into a housewife because sometimes you're just a hoe because you haven't met the right person yet. You're out living life, enjoying your experiences. And I feel like that is how you should live life. Like, I like that's a big theme in the book the virgin porn star dynamic. It's like, I could be this chast little virgin, not meeting anyone, not going out, not hanging out with people. But it's also just like, you only have so much time here on earth and like you're only in your 20s, like one. So it's just like, why am I not living life to the fullest? Like go out on dates, go hook up. As long as you're being safe and not ruining yourself, like you Mm -hmm. should be able to just go out and live your life and enjoy your best life. every experience and i feel like there's nothing wrong with being a hoe you just have to realize like i think the issue is people try to view people as one dimensional and it's like we're all human we all have different sides we all have our virgin and porn star sides so it's just like you can't just view people as like one way or the other like we're mm-hmm. all capable of different things though i mean there are people that i feel like definitely aren't relationship material but i feel like just because someone's open about their sexuality doesn't mean they don't actually also value monogamy or relationships. Mm-hmm. It's just like they ha- aren't currently in one. So yes, you can turn a hoe into a housewife. Uh-uh, they say hoes don't act right. Well, that's when you turn your <laughs> husband into... You picked wrong, <laughs> and that man just wasn't ready to be faithful and loyal to you. But I that's... think you definitely can turn... A hoe into a housewife, but it also just depends what type of hoe they are. Are they a circumstantial okay, hoe, or are they because a hoe because <laughs> they really just don't want to be committed to anyone and don't want there you to be <laughs> There you go. Last question, most important question: Can you host? Can I host? Can you host? I hosted last night. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I always preferred the like I always preferred hosting over traveling, even when I like lived with my parents. Like what? I always have freedom to at least have guys over, like sneak oh, them okay, in okay. and <laughs> sneak them mm-hmm. out. Like I just prefer hosting. I feel like as the bottom, it's like I already have to get through so much work to prepare and get ready. The last thing I want to do is have to get in the car and then drive to you when drive. it's like you could be <laughs> driving to me as I'm getting ready and then that saves so much time. Like I'll travel if I have to, but I always prefer to host. I don't know. I was the opposite. I I would travel. That way I can leave when I want to leave. <laughs> I haven't usually had a problem where I'm like, I want you to leave now. It's like, I feel like guys usually know. Like, okay, it's over. We both like, came. Like, <laughs> I got stuff to do. But <laughs> see you next time, <laughs> maybe. Right. That's funny. All right, so that wraps it up. Thanks um, for joining me today on the episode. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can get your book, and where they can follow you on social media. 
So you can buy my book, Virgin Pornstar Volume 1, on Amazon. It's available on Kindle and also in paperback. You can find me on social media at Brandoness. It is on Twitter and TikTok. It's Brandoness, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-E-S-S. And on Instagram, it's Brandoness, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-E-S-S-S. You can find me on YouTube at Sexpertise, S-C-Triple-X-P-E-R-T-E-A-S-E. And I'm on like pretty much all social media platforms. So just find my link tree, which is connected to all my social media profiles. I'm sure you will hopefully be posting in this podcast description so people can find me. Yeah, I'll definitely put all your info down in the show notes. Great. Make sure to follow me. So that about wraps up the show for this week. Thank you to Brandon for coming on and sharing his stories and his journey and, you know, just learning more about him it's just it's just uh crazy so i'll put the information down in the show notes but also you can go on amazon right now and just type in the virgin porn star volume one to get the paperback copy of the book you can also get it in a kindle version um as well i think you get those immediately so you don't even have to wait for the book to arrive in order to start reading some of these stories so Thanks again to Brandon. Y'all stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another week. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you're listening to Category Is right now. Category Is podcast is recorded in Philadelphia. The show is hosted, edited, mixed, and produced by me, Maurice Smith.